You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello. Welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast. I am Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. <clears throat> we got one round of draft in the books. Best time of the year for me. Christmas all over again, day after day. Today's going to be awesome. But we're not going to screw around here. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. I'm going to tell you about them here in a little bit. But as we always do, the Friday after round one, I go through every pick in the draft, give you a quick thought, and trust me, in the coming weeks, we'll really break down, probably on a team-by-team basis. And I can't promise you that I'll do the same thing Saturday morning as a round two and three recap because I have to be down at the Steelers facility, but I'm going to do my best to do that before the draft gets rolling. Um, Just to pull back the curtain, I'll be broadcasting for Steeler Nation Radio pretty much every pick. There's two hours of the draft that I'm off, but check my Twitter timeline if you want to check that out. And of course, it's Steeler-centric. You know, Devin Bush is going to be at the facility today. We interviewed Kevin Colbert yesterday. Um, but we talk pick by pick, too. So it's more national. If you're not a Steelers fan, you don't have to, you know, you'd still enjoy it. Um, so let's dig right into it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Cardinals. We've talked Kyler Murray to death on this show. Um, if you're smitten with a quarterback, fine. Um, to me, the biggest news or the biggest thing I'm looking for now is what happens to Rosen. I've told you guys many times I would be pounding the phones with the Cardinals right now for Rosen. I I think the poor guy has not gotten a fair shake. That has nothing to do with Murray, though. Cardinals fans should be very excited. Bosa goes to the Niners. Again, another chalk pick that we talked a lot about leading up to the draft, so I won't spend as much time for it. But in a nutshell, I think it really completes what is now an excellent front seven. And that's a nice start. I mean, you have front seven like that. This defense should be vastly improved. They need to get more takeaways. Their coverage needs to improve. But Bosa will help on in all walks of life. The Jets at three is when it got interesting. Because I very much believe they wanted to trade out. And I think O-line was really what they were after. Most of us thought edge was a high priority too. So if they stuck there, I thought they'd end up taking Josh Allen, who surprisingly fell to seven. So maybe people weren't quite as high on him as we thought. But how can you fault the Jets? I mean, to me, they probably got the best player in the draft at three and didn't have to move for him. He's Quinton Williams is going to make a massive impact next to Leonard Williams and the guys they have. Okay, they got an extra unbelievable between the tackles, pass rusher, run stuffer at three. I mean, yeah, you needed other things, but so what? I mean, this guy's a stud. I'm kind of shocked they couldn't find a suitor, if that was truly the case, to move to three. Now the controversy starts up, though. The Raiders, with the first of three, take Colin Farrell from Clemson. A very clean prospect. I often talked about him in the 20s as a very solid 4-3 type defensive end, good in all phases. Really got the better of Jonah Williams and was awesome in the national championship game. And I get that they love him, and I get that that was a need, but wow, this seems so early. I mean, couldn't you have got him 10 picks later? I mean, I know it takes two to tango in terms of uh, draft day trades and all that. And okay, you liked him more than Josh Allen, which I didn't. Um, But wow, this is early. This is controversial. 
he better hit and he better hit big because you use a fourth pick in the draft on this guy. I'm skeptical to say the least that he's worth it. Not that he won't be a quality player. The Bucks of five take Devin White, another kind of chalk pick. Saw this one coming. Um, lost Quan Alexander. Their needs didn't exactly scream. You know, I, I always thought that their their number one need was a true shutdown man-to-man corner for Todd Bowles' system. We didn't see a corner go for a long time, so that obviously wasn't in the equation. Something you got to remember about Tampa. They have to guard Kamara and McCaffrey four times a year. And, you know, Freeman to a lesser extent. But a guy like White really helps that cause. Okay, here we go. Again, I would never kill a team for falling in love with a quarterback, thinking it's your franchise guy. And I even said, okay, Giants, if you truly love Daniel Jones, as all the rumors said, take him at six. And boy, that's exactly what they did. But as I mentioned yesterday, he was my fifth-ranked quarterback. I don't think he handles pressure very well. I think his arm is okay. Not super productive. I understand it was Duke and not Alabama or Oklahoma. Wow. I mean... I think they're going to live to regret this for a long time. It wouldn't shock me two years from now. We're talking about the Giants taking a quarterback again near the top of the draft. I mean, I've talked about the Giants a lot. That I like that they have created this nest, and it's a very soft, friendly landing spot for Jones to learn from Eli. And he's not going to play it all this year. I mean, yeah, I've heard that before. But in this case, that might be the case in... We'll see, but use a six pick in the draft on who I thought was my fifth best quarterback in this draft. I'm going to be critical. I mean, I'm not critical. I would have been critical if the Giants didn't leave this draft with a potential franchise quarterback. Just not this one. Sorry. It's way too early. This is a second, third round player to me. And then the Jags, who I thought were sitting pretty with a tackle, Hawkinson get a guy that they probably had a top three grade on, you know, Josh Allen. Keep a strength of strength. They drafted a defensive lineman in the first round last year. Calais Campbell's not a young man. Allen brings a little different things to the table in terms of, you know, he's listed as a linebacker, but, but he's a little more able to drop and things like that than the guys they have. This is kind of like the Quinn and Williams pick, where if you're going to add a stud that you have a higher grade on than your draft position, it's hard for me to argue because the chances of that guy busting are slim and the needs and things change very much. So good for the Jags, but I really hope they address the offense basically from here on out. And the Lions get Hawkinson, who I love. Um, I'm sure that this Patriot-like regime looks at him and sees some Gronkowski, and at least in terms of usage, being an every-down guy, giving you great versatility without uh, making substitutions. And you're going to hear me say that all the time. And I actually had a good conversation yesterday with Kevin Colbert, and we'll get to the Steelers pick here in a couple, about how important that is on both sides of the ball. Hawkinson's a great blocker. He's going to help in protection. He's going to help in the run game. Tight ends take a while. I mean, you may not want him on your fantasy team this year, but I bet Matthew Stafford's going to love this dude. And... You know, Jesse James is now your two, which is what he should be. I'm really high on this pick. And then the Bills kind of luck out, too. You know, like, they were linked a lot to Christian Wilkins. And I thought, boy, nice solid pick. Double. Lead off double. Good, good job. 
And Oliver's a little different. He doesn't have that Wilkins bulk and mass, but he's more disruptive. I mean, you talk about affecting the passing game from the interior. The Bills get Oliver at nine. I thought he could go as high as four. You know, like if I were the Raiders, I would have taken Ed Oliver before Farrell. And Buffalo, again, gets somewhat of a steal. Like, so I look at these top nine, and you see Williams at three, Allen at seven, Oliver at nine, and say, I bet all those teams had much, not much, can't be much higher at this early, but a couple spots higher grades on these players than where they got them. And that's because Daniel Jones went and Farrell went. And so those three teams really benefited. Not that the other ones didn't, White, Hawkinson, those type of picks. But those ones to me were, hmm, I bet those GMs were going, I didn't think Josh Allen would be sitting there. I thought we had no shot at that guy. So, interesting top nine for sure. Now, I mentioned our friends over at ZipRecruiter who are sponsoring the show. And I don't have a real job. I mean, I've been working in football now for, this is going to be my 19th or 18th season. Going back to my pit days, when I was director of football ops at Akron, year I spent with the Browns all that ESPN time and all those times since that I've been chatting with you guys on a daily basis. And I can't imagine having a tool like ZipRecruiter to find talent. I mean, you know how much better that would be than what all the millions and millions of VHS tapes that I went through watching to find guys at the high school level? If I could have eliminated at least 50% of the dudes that were obvious no's, you know how much time in that life that would have saved me? Well, it's kind of what ZipRecruiter does, you know? I mean, that, that's the, the beauty of it, but in the real world. <laughs> so, ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn is the place to go for all this. I mean, <laughs> hiring used to be hard, but multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing re review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. Wish I could do that with recruiting back then or the draft. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. Um, as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you can never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employees who post ZipRecruiter post on ZipRecruiter get quality candidate through the site within the first day. Unbelievable. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on, all one word, all lowercase, just to make sure. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. There's no way around it. So, I'm sure a few of you are interested to hear my Steelers thoughts on the trade up for Devin Bush, one of the bigger transactions moves of the day for sure. And I won't lie, leading into the draft, I was often asked about this what would you give up? And I originally said, I'd move up five spots or so, give the original Steelers third to land them. Clearly, that wouldn't have got it done. So maybe I was I was a little off base there with that. 
They gave up a lot. I mean, they gave up a next year's third, although they're going to get a comp pick for Lev Bell, but that doesn't mean next year's third doesn't have value or you wouldn't like to have it a year from now. And they gave up their second, which around the 20th pick in the second round to go up and get what I believe, I mean, he's the 10th guy on the board or 10th guy off the board, but probably in a case like this, like we talked about in the top nine, and I don't know this as a fact, but I bet he was the sixth, seventh, eighth, maybe highest rated player on the Steelers board. And trust me, I mean, the last time the Steelers got at someone that was in their top 10 off the board, Ben Roethlisberger, maybe, you know, like they never get to this point in the draft to get a guy like that. He's exactly what they need from a character standpoint, blitzer coverage. Yeah, he's a little small, but it's the biggest need position. And I love the player. I love the fit. I'm just going to say, though, that the sweet spots of this draft for me, though, are that sec- tonight. And it'd be nice to have three picks today- tonight as opposed to two. And don't forget about the pick he gave up. So I thought it was a fair amount to give up. I like the deal for the Broncos a lot. They pick up quite a bit. But boy, he's a good fit in Pittsburgh. I'm going to interview him today. Looking forward to that. Everyone raves about him as a kid and leader and tough. And certainly, physically, he's what they need. They jumped the Bengals to do it, which I think probably would have been Bush's landing spot at 11. And I'm not going to say they settle for Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams is also very much in need. This is a Rams staff coming over that put a lot of, you know, uh, substance into their offensive line. Williams will play somewhere and probably at a high level for a very long time, somewhere on that line. So Bengals fans should be very happy about that. The line has been a problem area for a long time. I'm not a Rashawn Gary fan, but I see the allure of what he could become. And there wasn't, with Hawkinson off the board, no receiver really glaring. There wasn't an offensive player that I would have been doing jumping jacks for if I was Green Bay, although I thought that was something they really needed to address, and today they better or I'll be critical of them. But I think the more I thought about this pick, though, and I don't think he's going to beat out the Smiths necessarily at outside linebacker, who they just gave bazillions of dollars to, but I'm thinking about sub-package football, that if you put Gary next to Daniels with the Smiths on the outside and that's your front four, on passing downs, which might be two-thirds, three-quarters of the snaps. Now I get it. You know what I mean? And he can be a work in progress and maybe brings you a lot more. But in the meantime, that's how you use him. Cool. I get it. I like Christian Wilkins to the Dolphins a lot. I'm glad they... We talked about this a lot going into into the draft that I don't want to see them grab a quarterback with no infrastructure, no line, throw him in there, watch his head get beat in, and say, oh, he's a bust. You know, I, I want that to be next year's project for them. And Wilkins is a leader. I think he's a foundational player. Another one of these doubles off the wall. I think he'll be very good. Need position. Their D-line D and O-line needed the most attention, in my opinion, to build that infrastructure. Really good start with Wilkins. I think some of you were shocked. Some were shocked. I was a little bit. That Lindstrom, the guard from Boston College, went as high as he did to 14 but I also think you need to remember where these teams view themselves, and that's what I love about the draft. I think Atlanta thinks they're really good and that they need a couple things, namely O-line, and you know we'll get to their last pick, tackle. But you'd bring two offensive linemen in there. Ryan is up in age. 
that's all the offense needs. I mean, Lindstrom probably is not the 14th most valuable player in the draft, but to them with their needs and the fit and how they want to play, it makes them a very quality offense immediately. Meanwhile, I thought I was going to kill the Redskins, that they were going to move up to two and draft Haskins or something. But they stayed put, held their water, get their guy, and supposedly they love him because he's from that area, and that's really dumb. But (laughs) I like the player. I like the situation. If that line can actually stay healthy, he could be brought along slow. You can a power running game. They certainly need weapons still, but I like the fit for Haskins. Um, and I give the Redskins credit. They didn't have to do anything extra to get him. Cool. Carolina, Brian Burns. My concerns are he doesn't look like Julius Peppers and he's not 265, 270. But he's a great pass rusher. Massive need. Speedball off the edge. Um, so why are we complaining? You know, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be someone on either side of the line for the Panthers, preferably at the end. They got a guy at a good value. Very nice. Giants again. Mixed feelings with this one, too. I like Dexter Lawrence. I think it's pretty clear that this regime, like the history of the Giants, values size. You know, you got to be this tall, this big to ride the ride. And Lawrence certainly fits that. Um, Harrison's gone. They need frontline players. I think Lawrence will be very good and not just a run stuffer. Seems a little early to me at 17, to be honest. So that's my criticism, I suppose, is is he the 17th best player on the board? Probably not on my board. I mean, on theirs, obviously. Couldn't you trade down, you know? So I get it, but that's that's the way it goes. I mean, I can't be super critical of that pick. Same with the Vikings. I mean, I told you guys a million times. I thought the Vikings and the Texans are slam dunks to take the best offensive lineman on the board. They take Bradbury, the center, who you certainly can make the argument was the best on the board, even though Dillard was there. Jaywan Taylor's still out there. I'm hearing he had knee issues, though. That's why he was not a first-round pick. See when he goes tonight. Um, They did draft Elfline recently, but he hasn't played well enough for me to say, boy, we could He's he's a fixture. I think Bradbury's going to be a star. They need, I mean, if you're going to tell me, I don't care what position it is, he's a star offensive lineman for the Vikes, get him. You know, and again, this seems early, but not considering where they're at. Titans, Jeffrey Simmons, great player. Can they wait a year on him? Yeah, but, I mean, there's a price to that. They're a perceived competitor or contender. You want, it's pivotal time probably, even in that coach, young coaching staff's career, and certainly Mariota's, can you afford to pass, you know, redshirt a first-round pick? Maybe for another staff, you know what I mean? I commend anyone that would have taken Simmons, because I think a year from now, we're going to be saying, wow, look what the Titans have. But it's risky, you know, I mean, it's risky to do it possibly for someone else. I thought they might go with Marquise Brown or DK Metcalf, somebody like that. I hope they add some speed today. Denver adds speed. They move from 10 to 20. Talked about that a lot. Still get Noah Fant, a massive area of need. Um, their tight end situation is scary. They still need to address offensive line, maybe a linebacker. Now they have a lot of picks. I think Fant is very worth the 20th pick overall, so I got no qualms with that at all. And 
they're set pretty well for, you know, an extra two today and an extra three next year. So good work by the Denver Broncos. Green Bay trades up with Seattle. Seattle's interesting because Seattle started this process before Frank Clark with only four picks. Two trade downs a day, and all of a sudden they got a wealth of mid-round picks. So Seattle is going to reinforce their roster with numbers. We didn't think that would be the case two, three days ago. Packers move up, and I thought, boy, do they want Marquise Brown? Do they want Metcalf? Is there some, you know, Fant just went? Do they love Irv Smith that much? It has to be for a weapon for Rodgers, right? And they go pick Darnell Savage, who I like a lot. Um, flies all over the field. Really fits today's NFL versatility. And I really think that Packers off or defense is basically complete on paper now. I mean, that is there a side of the ball in the NFL that improved more in the offseason than Green Bay's defense? I'm not sure there is. Again, they better find some weapons for some pass catchers, though. And now they don't have as many resources to do it. I think that's noteworthy, that's for sure. The Eagles trade ahead of the Texans, and I bet there's no team more ticked off about you know how things went yesterday than Houston. The Eagles grab Andre Dillard, make a deal with the Ravens. He can learn run blocking while he sits behind Peters, assuming Peters can handle this year. They very much value offensive linemen in Philly. You know, keep Wentz upright with their success winning the, the Super Bowl, and they may have had the best offensive line in the league. A true left tackle in the old school sense, pass protector, very athletic. Kudos to the Eagles. But then the Texans, they'll never admit this, and I don't know if it's true. Their immediate reaction, like I said before when I talked about Minnesota, they're going to take an offensive lineman. They take Titus Howard, though, from Alabama State, and he may develop into a great player, but it probably won't happen soon. It's going to be a project. They need a plug-and-play type of dude more than a project at 23. I mean, this seems like a knee-jerk reaction where we got the card all, we're going to take take Dillard. Oh, no, he's not there. We're going to take the best tackle we can find anyway because our tackles are so bad. But it just seems like a, a big gap from Dillard to Howard. Uh, those are the top 23. We'll take a quick break, finish this thing up. Um, very fun. Like I said, I mean, over these next couple of weeks, I'm really going to break these things down. This is just kind of... Quick reactions from round one, every pick. Back here in a moment. I know the theories of don't draft a running back in round one, but I really like Josh Jacobs. I like that the Raiders, presumably, are making Carr very comfortable. Here's your 2019 audition. Don't tell me you didn't have guys. You know, we're going to do everything in our power to make you look as successful as possible. You either... Steer the ship or sink. And Jacobs is a big upgrade. Clear starter now there. Does it all. I think he's a great player. I want him on my fantasy team. That type of deal. He's a. This is a nice pickup at 24. You know, I mean, this, is, this isn't a top 10 kind of running back pick. Ravens had moved back. They grabbed Marquise Hollywood Brown. Makes a lot of sense. They... Their receivers are horrible. I thought they might take Metcalf over Brown here because he's the bigger player, the much better blocker. But the key here is the field stretcher. I know Flacco's not there anymore, but they've always had the Torrey Smith field stretcher type. But more importantly, they run the ball so much and they're going to see such loaded boxes that 
hopefully Jackson's a decent deep thrower, but at least taking shots will lighten things up. You just can't put a corner that runs a 4-5 on Brown alone and take away the run because he can bite you. So I like this pick a lot for them. It's exactly what they need. The Redskins, getting a little aggressive. Didn't cost them all that much to move from the middle of the second round up to 26. Meanwhile, the Colts have three picks in the second round, including, I think, the second pick overall tonight. Colts are going to bring in a lot of quality talent at the sweet spot of the draft. And the Redskins grab Montez Sweat. And this one's a hard one for me to comment on because he's much better than the 26th best prospect in this draft. Did some teams ding him because of the heart condition? I have to think that's the case. Washington obviously wasn't one of them or is willing to say, well, we'll see how it goes. But he certainly could be a big upgrade over Preston Smith, who I liked. It's a need. But when they traded up, I thought, boy, this must be for Metcalf or Butler. You know, the first receiver fell. Washington really needs wide receivers. And they trade up. And they took Sweat, which, again, I get. But I was thinking that was a wide receiver at the time. Raiders then take Jonathan Abram. Uh, This is a hard one to have any qualms with because I think he's going to be a good culture setter, tone setter on the field and off. Fine. You know, I mean, he's a quality dude. I I don't think he's going to bust. I don't think he's going to go to multiple Pro Bowls. But middle-of-the-field defender that brings grit, toughness, playmaking skills. I got no qualms with it. Um, Chargers then get Jerry Tillery, who, man, you think about Bosa and Ingram, Tillery in the middle now. I think they got him 10 picks later than they should have. I mean, he is a high, high upside interior force. And I bet they would have considered going offensive line. I thought they might go with Ford or somebody like that. But Tillery here kind of completes the defense, too. You know, like, I think the Chargers now can say, we don't really need much on this side of the ball. And really, they don't need much on the other side of the ball except for offensive line. I mentioned Seattle. They finally get to make a pick. LJ Collier. They always seem to take somebody that I go, hmm, seems a little early, but their board I don't think is at all influenced by the outside at all. He is a thicker bodied, you know, he's not really a 3-4 outside linebacker type. Probably could do it, but he's thicker bodied. Not like a Bennett, but, you know, Frank Clark role. They've had success with these guys, obviously. 29th pick overall, I can't be too critical. I saw him, I saw him more of a mid to late second round player, though. Then the Giants move back into 30. Get the Andre Baker, first corner off the board. It takes 30 picks for a corner to get drafted in today's pass-heavy NFL. Wow. And I think that there'll be a run of them today, defensive backs in general. Um, small, slow, productive, really good at playing football. Certainly a need position. You know, they used their supplemental pick on a corner. They have Jenkins. Hopefully, Baker sort of completes that. Um, the rest of the D needs a lot of work, although they did add a big body, obviously, Lawrence in the middle. Um, I would think it's time to concentrate on maybe an offensive lineman, certainly as many defensive players you can get. But they got their top-ranked corner. So, certainly a very important position. I mentioned the Falcons before. They also traded back in the first round, Caleb McGarry. Uh, I think he'll be a plug-and-play right tackle. A lot of experience at Washington. Tough, nasty. That's something they value from their linemen. Hard to count on two rookie offensive linemen. You know, if you're Matt Ryan going, ooh, this is who we're counting on. 
But I see the process. Again, I think it completes the offense. Hopefully they find some D-line help and trading up didn't help that cause. But I certainly get it. Right tackle guard, hopefully for the next eight years, those type of things. Last pick of the round was Nikhil Harry for the Patriots. Um, They have not had much success drafting receivers high. Mostly, in my opinion, because the system is very hard to learn. You know, Brady and company have been doing it forever, and now you get thrust in from Arizona State or whatever, and you need to learn option routes on the fly and all those things. Harry's really good after the catch. He's big. He's physical. He's talented. He's not a great separator. I think you can align him all over the posi- all over the formation, but probably best out of the slot. But he's not Welker. <laughs> he's not Edelman. Is he Aaron Hernandez? You know, that kind of crossed my mind, too. Is Are they going to move this guy around like a Hernandez, H-back? I'm not saying he's going to be an inline tight end. Are they going to use him outside the numbers a little bit more? I like the player. Don't get me wrong. I got no problem with him being the 32nd pick. And I'm sure they have a plan in place. Of course they do. It'll be interesting to see how it gets implemented, though. It wouldn't shock me at all if he gets a lot of quick hitting routes and make people miss. He's excellent after the catch. Big physical guy. So, curious and interesting. And, of course, you give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt. Of course. So, as I mentioned, go check out ZipRecruiter. Um, I can't promise you when we'll talk again. Hopefully, tomorrow before round three kicks off, or round four kicks off, I will get, you know, 20 minutes with you guys and highlight at least what happened in day two. But spread the word. This was a fun show, as always. Over and out.